This is a HeadGum Podcast. Welcome to Enemies. I'm Lisa Traeger. Thank you so much for joining me. Such a fun guest. We'll go through phone calls. We'll chat real life. Um, And I'm very, very thrilled. Um, I do love our guests, but I do have to say, what did I want to say? I forgot. Oh, this is what's so stressful. I talk all the time. I've been on like dozens and dozens of podcasts. I have my own other podcasts. I'm talking on this. I'm We're taping tons of episodes of this um, to give great variety. And I never know what I've already said. Am I repeating things? Am I talking about the same things over and over? Did I say something seven months ago? Am I so self-centered to think anyone's going to remember that I'm repeating myself? But I'm just giving a warning from now on. I'm sorry if you hear the same story that you've heard. You know, I'm in my head about it. So even if it bothers you, just know it is fully stressful in my head at all times before I talk or say anything. I'm like, did I say this last week? Wait, did I say this four weeks ago? Did I say this on this other podcast? So um, I know that and it is something that runs through my spirit and heart at all times. Uh, So that is something I'd like to say. Um, You know, I'm having... I had a hard day today and whatever that means in your capacity, but I was not in a good mood. I did cry. And then I went and got a cold brew and uh, the woman working the counter was like, you might need this and gave me a cookie. And you know that you look like you're having a really rough day when people are offering you free giant chocolate chip cookies out into the world. Um, So next time you're crying, I hope you meet an amazing barista who gives you a cookie. I am embarrassed. I said barista the way I said it, but it happens. It's my spirit. I am tired and delirious and there's a war what do you want from me anyways don't forget to give us a call whenever you want 323-677-1943 and let us know all of your enemy needs my favorite what i'm looking for is i want a twosome again i want two people that have fought to come on the fucking show so give it to me please baby um i also wanted to say my enemy of the week definitely has to be the guy next to me on an airplane watching Django. Come on, man. Come on. I don't want to walk. Cause you can't avoid it because I was also like a horror girl. Right. So like I was on a plane, I was watching the new scream. I loved, loved it. Um, the actress who plays Thaisa in yellow jackets is in it. The oldest daughter from better things is in it. And, and, and all the old, like David Arquette, Courtney Cox, Nev Campbell, like it really was such a good movie. And he was watching Silence of the Lambs. And so to me, I was like, okay, we're horror cuties. And then I put on 101 Dalmatians to relax. And he put on Django Unchained. And I think that's just a dangerous man. And we should watch out for him watching a double feature of Silence of the Lambs, Django Unchained. You're unhinged and you have problems. Um, but anyway, so my enemies of the week was him. Also, one time I was watching The Gift on a Plane, um, which is with Jason Bateman, and it's a thriller at best, I would say. I don't think it's a horror, but something scared me, and I screamed so loud, and my friend was sitting in front of me, Mateo Lane, very funny comedian, and knowing it was him might make the funny story, uh, the story funnier, if you know him, but he, like, popped his head up and gave me the dirtiest look I've ever seen, like, what are you screaming for on this plane, and it was just funny, maybe it was funny to you, or you're like, get to the interview, why are you, why are you still talking, but 
I'm spinning. Um, I have to say what's really, really sad for me is I lost my leather jacket that I've probably been wearing for seven years. I mean, I wear it almost every day. 90% of my life is this leather jacket. And I really hope that LAX, TSA, Delta, someone finds that I filled out all the paperwork. I just really would love my leather jacket back. If anyone is working at airport police in Los Angeles, please. They said I would have to wait six weeks to find out. So if you are someone that can help me get my leather jacket back that I lost at LAX, please help me. Or if you work for River Island, that is the brand. Um, of my leather jacket if you can help me please please help me um so i am my own enemy because i lost my leather jacket now i'm gonna start the show your guest today so talented he's been on television he writes he's a family man he acts he's a superstar right now he's juggling so many projects his podcast adulting with michelle buteau he's in phoebe robinson's new tv show he's in first wives club on bet he wrote on charlamagne the god i mean such a talent a sweetheart used to give me rides home a cool dude we did like some sex pilot thing once for radio story to, i don't know girl i'll take any job i can get um but so i hope you really really enjoy this thank you so much we love you Welcome to Enemies, Jordan. You are not an enemy at all. You actually seem like not a very confrontational. You're a jolly, nice guy. I don't even feel a simmer of rage underneath. Oh, oh that's well, I can I can be rageful, I guess. You'll talk but, shit. I will talk shit. But yeah, let me. So what do you think of when you think of enemies, your life, conflict? Like what when I asked you to do it, what was your general vibe in your spirit? What you what did your brain like, go to? I was like anything for Traeger. <laughs> That's what I I just I just love you, kid. I'll do I'll do anything for you. But, um, you know, I I was like, oh, she's she thinks that much of me that she wants me on her podcast. Absolutely, because I think you're going to give good advice. We're going to go through nice. some uh, voicemails and like an email, and I do think okay. you have good. You would have good advice. But I love seeing your face. That's why, and you're so funny, so hilarious. And I love sharing the stage with you. This isn't. I swear, this isn't just like me blowing smoke. Um, I have so, very like, warm feelings towards you as well. Oh uh, yeah, because we're like actually like. I mean, sometimes, in, and I hate that it that it's this way. It's like we're site specific friends, but like I think we can improve upon that. But like, but but like when I see you, I just I'm like, ugh, pour me a second cup. Like, yeah, like no, where it's like, oh, I'll be hanging out with Jordan right now. Yes, yes. Like I remember, it's so hard. Like it's so hard to remember hangouts. I remember hangouts with you. Like I love LA hangouts with you. Are so fun. We were, and then like I think one time we were just like. Kiki and on like a it must have been FaceTime and you were just telling me about like art in your in your house that you were like I did this pilot and then I spent too much money on this art and now I just have this art yo and now I'm doing cameos and Jordan I don't know and I just like I was like Lisa is the realest person I know she's a real one no I'm I'm here for it we have a real time we um Austin our fucking yes. friends, they're enemies of mine, fucking getting chasing us all over town to get some veggie burger that was closed. And to me, I was like, 
let's just sit down at a restaurant like a fuck it like fucking adults and order some appetizers i was yeah. i was simmering over you I were done you, you were at a, you were at a slow boil i i however have kids so i'm kind of like <laughs> used to this you know i'm just used to people not doing what i want them to do and then me having to just like swallow that oh just just gurgling that shit but it's it was fine where do we end up eating i don't remember you got wings at a truck and i watched you eat them (laughs) and we met uh, a cool couple so we knew we were like why are you in a dumb town you live in a dumb town in texas why you must be cool and they were newscasters that met on the news and now they do the morning report together that's morning true but i thought there was an element morning report i i thought there was some kind of element where they were trying to bait you somebody they were like you thought they wanted a threesome yeah that was where your brain yeah went. yeah they were being far too kind and solicitous no we were part of the festival they came to watch <laughs> everyone likes a celebrity in their mind like if you just watched people perform or are in the thing or in their little pamphlet they're gonna be nicer to you you're probably right you're probably right uh, but i also no. never know when people like me because I, I never believe it so sometimes maybe <laughs> they were trying to fuck me and i missed my shot <laughs> I missed my thruple shot. But don't worry about it. It's all about quality, not quantity. You know? So That's what it is. I want to say, um, oh, quality, not quantity. Yeah, but what if you're lacking in both, honey? <laughs> honey. <laughs> not everyone has a hot wife and three TV shows. Okay, Jordan? And uh, I want to let everyone know he has an assistant now. It's true. Her name's Olivia. Are you mad? Are we fighting? I I didn't meet Olivia, but I listened to you on Michelle Collins' podcast. Yes. yes. So um, I felt like I knew you and I heard all about Olivia. (laughs) Yes, Olivia's (laughs) fantastic. That she keeps just giving you beverages. (laughs) Like Michelle asked what the tasks were and it was like she brings me teas and seltzers and there was nothing else. She does more than that. She organized my calendar. She got me like a, a, you know, like a rug. It has that, that mat underneath. To like keep it from slipping inside it. We got one of those today, baby. Like it's all these things that I cannot do by myself. She makes it happen. And it's all about self-worth. And I didn't have self-worth. And and, and then like finally I found it one day, like in that weird space behind your toilet. And so I was like, all right, I'm doing this thing. And and she like I said, like she brought me a smoothie for the first time and I almost bust out crying. Like it was like I'm not that guy. I just don't have people get shit for me. Like this was so big, but I feel like I can conquer the world with this person straight up. That's so beautiful. And I'm glad you found Olivia, but I was a little distracted. Did you get LASIK or something? No, I just, I didn't have my glasses on. I'm sorry. Oh, okay, cool. The better? <laughs> no, is everything it? is good. <laughs> I love, that's the distraction. You're like, you're like <laughs> I love saying, Olivia. I'm jealous. Look at my pile. Hold on. I'm going to show, you can't see yeah. it, but like, I'll show Jordan. Yeah, buddy. And that's just one oh, of a few piles. And I live in a studio apartment and I'm drowning. I did have therapy today. I am holding on by a thread. And that's what well, I was also looking something. forward to this. I have been smoking weed to numb all my feelings. My therapist is a upset but i might spark a joint while we talk (laughs) (laughs) do you have the same therapist because you always refer to your therapist yeah okay good 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 good. 
Yeah, Good, obviously miles to go, but I see the growth every uh, so often in behaviors that I, yeah, like once in a while I'll be like, wow, Sherry would be proud of me. Or I don't want to do something <laughs> and I go, Sherry would want me to say yes. Sherry would want me to do this. And so sometimes yeah. like I just, I think about her and making her proud and that helps me uh, be better, but not always, obviously. Are you, you in think- therapy? Uh, no, I'm Are not you in couples therapy. therapy. Uh, occasionally, wait, like we, you got to go in for a tune in. Yeah, tune up, tune in. Yeah, tune up. But I watch, I watch couples therapy on Amazon, and that that's like close enough. <laughs> I guess. Do you watch it I'm together? Like, no, I'm just like, no, nah, we hold me. You crazy? Why would I give ammunition? Like, I'm just like I watch it solo, then I'm like, need to stop doing that. So, <laughs> so that's. That's basically it. Let me let me ask you a question. Do you think I'm organized? Do you think I'm an organized person? Well, no, because you just told me that Olivia changed your life and you couldn't get an under a rug thing. So I'm assuming you're not. And your yeah, hair is a little kooky. Clear thanks, glass but... frames, you know. <laughs> Are you really organized? Am I insulting you? I'm trying to be the opposite of what you Whoa. think. Like I'm like fucking. I'm just... I don't even know. I'm like playing a character right now. <laughs> I'm matching your fucking energy and telling you that you're not the only one with mess. You don't have to hide your mess because I have a pile upstairs right now. It's like growing like Krakatoa. It's not good. And literally, like, my wife's given up on me and my pile. (laughs) It's, I think, going to start. It's going to start talking soon. It's going to be sentient. And I might have to start feeding it. It's, It's bad. It's bad. The pile's bad, but I'm glad your wife's allowing the pile, even though it's not her natural. Yeah, it's not. She's highly organized. She's highly organized. She's like Does one of those. Does she resent mo- you for having to organize, or she knows that's her role and it's good? Of course, she resents me for having to do that. Okay. You know, but she also loves it. It's it's all about comparison. To get through this life, you need comparison. Like I'm always comparing our family to to the neighbors next door because they're like falling the fuck apart. So it's like they have the exact same prototype family, and it's just like like we ain't them. So it's just, it's perfect. And so you always need somebody to compare yourself to. Like my wife can easily compare herself to me and just be like, I'm completely organized. Look at my clothes. Like always, like we have a washer dryer double stack and I can't bring my clothes down to wash them. Like what's the, what's the matter with me losing? You know what I mean? Like get it together, Joe. And there's also not enough space in my closet. There's not enough space in my closet. And my wife wants to move in somewhat to my closet. That is um, something about the gender war. The men do lose the closet. The men lose the closet in the gender war. You're not respected. It's true. We're not respected. But like, I wouldn't respect it either because like, I just, I have this fucking trash heap of clothes and then I can only wear the ones that are closest to the top of the pile. What's the matter with me? Am I my own worst enemy? Maybe no, think about you're what? so right. Like you listening to me and then you're like, not everyone, you're not alone, you dumb bitch. And then hearing about your pile, I was like, yeah, whatever. We got fucking piles. <laughs> Let us live with our piles. Our <laughs> brains are a mess. Like we're trying our fucking best. We're trying um, our best. I am curious if your wife hates somebody, do you hate them right away? No loyalty, no matter what. Of course. What are you crazy? Do you think there's going to be any day? You think, <laughs> what are we going to do? Move out and then like live with that person? Are you, are you insane? No, there's a, there's a name for that. It's called schismogenesis. Schismogenesis is like you schismogenesis. 
you don't want to like start with something small like that, which can grow and pull you apart. So you just, you pick your battles. You pick them battles. No, no way. No one's coming between us. I tell a story about the time she didn't have my back because that's how few times that's happened. And who, what was that situation? We were at the, we were at the ballet at the Met. Um, and my phone rang and I went out into the hallway to answer it. And then like I was talking on the phone, then it came back. And then it rang one more time and I shut it off. And then during intermission, my wife was like, you should not have been, you shouldn't have had your phone, the phone is ringing. And then, and then this lady was like, yeah, that, that was really rude. And then my wife's like, she's right. Yeah, it's really rude. And I was like, who the, first who the fuck all, is this bitch? <laughs> We're the team. This is weird cat lady looking motherfucker like was in my face. I couldn't. I, I I blacked out. I like I was seeing stars. I couldn't believe it. It was like I bought the tickets. It was like a special occasion for us, and this was how I was treated. This was my reward. You know what I mean? I do have a question. Follow up. Did you have to answer the phone? Who was it? The babysitter? Was it an unknown Hollywood number? Was it Hollywood calling? What was it? It was a callback. It was a callback for a Dunkin' Donuts commercial. Oh, huge. Okay, so it was work. It was work, all right? All right? You know, Romeo and Juliet can wait, all right? I got to go out and take the call to see, you know, like, need clay to make bricks, baby. You Dunkin like all this? Babe. You like all this? <laughs> <laughs> this is how we do it. Yeah, <laughs> Jordan, but you're a little bit cheating because that's a stranger even, and you did get mad. But what if we're talking, like, <laughs> cousins in the family? What if we're talking? I'm watching a lot of Jersey Housewives. I'm talking. All right, all right. Right. You know, sister-in-laws don't get along. A sibling, like, what happens if it's deeper? Yeah, like, that's like a woman at the opera, but, like, I don't like your best friend. He really rubbed my sister the wrong way. Like, is there ever a time where it's a hard decision to make? My wife doesn't like a couple of my friends, mm -hmm. and she's, like, she's from Brooklyn, so it's very, like, Costa Nostra, like, you don't know that she doesn't like you, but if you, if you... If you asked the right questions, you could find out that she just hates your fucking guts. And that's Brooklyn. So she's able to hide it. She's not going to entertain yeah. it. She just knows and we'll talk shit about it later in the car or in the bed. We'll talk about it later. Also, we don't hang out with that person. Like Together? we don't hang out with them. Are you at Together. All? She's like, oh, she's like, oh, you can go hang out with them. Absolutely. But I don't like them, you know, but you can so and hang out. You can hang out with them. I'm free to hang out. I'm free to hang out with them. And then the friend puts it together, and they're like, I don't think your wife likes me that much. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's the case. That's the case, you know? But Is your wife warranted in the hatred? Um, in, Yeah, in some instances, but others, she just, yeah. most Yes, she's a good judge of character. Look, I'm not getting canceled by my wife tonight. This is not going to no, happen, all right? I, I mean, I've never met your wife, up. but I'm so obsessed. Well, you know, I'm trying to... Okay, we're going to we're gonna do a wanna call. Meet her? You want me to bring her down here? Yeah, in a little bit. Let's do a call. Wait, okay. who's this? Alexandra? Okay, this must be... Who the fuck is this? <laughs> I hate these fucking Democrats and their phone calls. You donate in one midterm election, and they... <laughs> text you and you're like okay is this my future wife and then it's just some bitch uh, wanting more money and scamming me this is when i tell you something weird which is i'm also on the donald trump mailing list just because <laughs> no. I, 
I am for real, but I want, cause I want all sides of crazy. So, um, basically I've, his mailers are exactly the same. They're like, they're just like, they come every day and they're like, they're like, come on, we need this, <laughs> we need the money. The country's going down the tubes, eat both sides the same way, which gave me, it which actually was like, I was after the 2020 was like going to stop. And then I was like, Hmm, let me just see where this goes. And then that was it, which is why I'm red pilled and. You know, I'm all in for Putin. I'm honestly having like the hardest time. Not really. Obviously, it's the people that are well, doing that's it. That's right. Your family, your family is from it's Russia fucked. or from Ukraine? It's fucked. So we are Russian, but I was born in Ukraine, in Odessa. So yeah. like on the Black Sea. Oh. So it's like I'm feeling for these Ukrainian people. It's like so fucked. Putin sucks. But like the Rush, even though Russians suck, like we do suck as a people. We're like annoying. Like, all of these people are risking everything. They are protesting. Like, they don't want to live under yeah. Putin either. So, and all of this financial stress and, like, every all the sanctions are just hurting the people. So, like, I feel sad for Russian people because Putin fucking sucks. But then it's like, of course, Ukrainians are going to hate Russians. And I feel connected to both people. But right. my parents oh, are like... Ooh. They both hate us because we're Jewish. Fuck everybody. <laughs> so like, so to them, they're like, we left on religious asylum because people were sh fucking shitty to us. And right. so they, my mom is like, it was better when I was the Soviet Union. And it's like, clearly it wasn't. We escaped. Wow. And, yeah. uh, but they watch Russian state news. So to them, they're like, well, I don't know. We heard this and I, you know, like, well, fuck Gorbachev. I'm like, fuck Gorbachev. Fuck Putin. What is happening? Right, and right, so, right. and then it's like, I hung out with this Ukrainian person who tattooed me a week or so ago, two weeks ago. And. I connected with him and we spoke Russian and it was like this beautiful moment. And then he's like, fuck, I will never speak Russian again. Fuck all of this. And it's like, of course they're like, oh. he, they're here on a visa. All of his family are there and it's just like awful. And then all the people are being racist to the African people that are trying to leave. And so then you feel like, fuck, even in all well, of this, there's never, there's, there's never not time to be racist to <laughs> yeah. African people. It's I like, mean, when in crisis, it's we can all so rally around fucked. that. It's I heard so about fucked. that. I was like, wow, this guy's he certain death in his own country. But he's just like, you know, he's like blacks. No good. You know, like <laughs> so then you're like, <laughs> you know, you want to have uh, empathy. Like you want to be so kind to these people. But if you're a black person or anyone, yeah. you're just like, fuck these racist people. But it's like people yeah. displaced war damage for what? For what? Just thinking about everybody. It's like all too much to really handle. As and a, as I, and a not black to even man, make it about yeah. me, but I am like. Two things about this often. war. Two things about this war. One, people find Zelensky to be uh, super hot. Um, That's an issue, too, because it's like these sexy photos of the hot girls and guns and the teachers with a gun and we're going to get them and the boxers and the sexy ass president. It's like, oh, no, this is war. This is fucking war. And it's like the memes are funny, yeah. but it's like war. And it's I'm war. still worried about my own deadlines and bullshit and cleaning up my piles and people are escape. It's just like it's I don't know what to do off topic. It's a lot. It's a lot to deal with. And. And, you know, I feel as though it, I can never say it. Cause I used to be like, Oh, comedians aren't brave, blah, 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 blah. but the guy's a comedian. So I guess we kind of are. Well, not we as a people, as comedians, I, I oh, think yeah, yeah, yeah. If Zelensky gets through this. He'll be the most, the bravest comedian of all. And, and by the way, and l the last thing I'll say 
is uh, that this is this is huge, especially for black people. We are eating popcorn on the sidelines over here because whites are fighting whites, and it is insane. Y'all are shooting at other whites. Yeah, whites. What are you doing? The whites. Yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what. It's like it's. Cr- it's. Um, Get it together, whites. Uh, just, <laughs> people are gonna. Please, are you actually trying to answer? Listen, you were born. No, I'm truly just like an American. I am an American, but I feel connected to my birthplace. I don't know. Are you going back there with the Kalashnikov rifle? (laughs) (laughs) Are you going to TikTok from Odessa and like fucking and fucking uh, you know wherever? (laughs) Why am I Kiev? Kiev and uh, all the other beautiful little towns? Is that what you're going to do? No, but I always had uh, a fa- like I was always gonna go home and see mm. the stuff and see where I grew up and I don't who knows what's gonna be bombed like it, you Dude. know. Lisa, I'd see you with a gun belt over your shoulder. I'm not tough, baby, like that. I'm not that tough. I'm good at okay. an emergency. I've done the Heimlich. I think um, <laughs> I. <laughs> What is? You think this is LinkedIn? You think the recruits? Like what the fucking thing? No, that's the. It's. I don't know if I said this on this podcast or another one or what I'm doing with my life anymore. Just talking aimlessly into the world. But my friends and I were taking Yellow Jackets quizzes, um, and. It was like <laughs> where was I? I'm so mad I was left out. It's, I'm so good at it. I'm gonna send it to you. So it was like, well, what would you do if a crocodile? Like you're in the woods, you know. It's like, and there's a crocodile. It's like it was set in the swamps. Right. And I sure. said, run away and hide as fast as I can. And then a bunch of people <laughs> in the group chat were like, I would take the bow and arrow and shoot the alligator. And I was like. The fucking confidence you have that you're going to bow and arrow this fucking <laughs> crocodile. Delusions. Delusions. But these motherfuckers are doing it and they are, you know, they're fucking, they're doing it. They're doing it. They're not, they're not doing poorly against the Russians who apparently have not much of an army. I know, but right as of today, there's a 40 mile uh, path of Russian military going into Kiev. Like this is. The column, yeah, the column is 40 miles long. This it's, is nuts. It's, this is nuts. I mean, I'm, this is the I, movie 300. And guess what? That didn't end well. You know what I mean? And now yeah. Putin's mad because now everyone wants to fuck Zelensky. And it's like all Putin wants is to be fuckable. <laughs> like, that's all of this. <laughs> I love this. This is like the best TED talk about the geopolitical situation. <laughs> so, like, Putin just wants to give fuck, right? Because, you know, he's like, fuck boy. He's trying to put out vibes like drip. And but Zelensky's like taking all that because he's better on camera anyway because he's a comedian, so he's so he's hitting them with the dank memes. Wait, <laughs> I have is- to do. I ha- we'll have to take a call, but I have to say. So, did you see the video where he's like, "I'm here, the director yes. of the da 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 da." da. Bro. So my friend Lil Frex, she put that on her stories, and in the the caption was, "When you Facetime to prove you're really at boys' night." <laughs> I lost it. <laughs> Secretary of Defense here. <laughs> like it here. was. That's hilarious. My, Checking it. Yeah. My girl That's little such a, That's so good. All right. This one's called Dad I'm, Omelet. Dad Omelet. Dad Omelet. Right. What's up? 
So I was told that I could call this number to share my experiences with uh, an enemy. I'm not sure okay. that this counts as an enemy, but it definitely is a conflict. So I uh, thought I would call this number here because um, this is a lot cheaper than therapy. So um, my dad, every single day uh, when I wake up in the morning, asks me if I want an omelet. And he's done this for years. And, like, I used to say yes. I don't really like omelets. Like I don't, I don't know. It's something about like mixing eggs with other things. It's just, it just isn't for me, I guess. Um, and so I only said no. Um, you'd think that after a certain point, there would be like a point where it's like, okay, you've said no every day. They don't want an omelet. Um, but here we are. Um, but all these years later, still getting asked every day. I just say no. Um, the other day, I said, I don't want an omelet. And he said, why do you never want an omelet? And I said, I don't like omelets. He said, you used to like omelets. I said, no, I didn't. And he got all upset that I never uh, want an omelet. Um, and the past like week, he kind of just stopped talking to me um, because I... I wouldn't want an omelet, and I feel like maybe there's something else going on. But I, I keep asking, like, is everything okay? <laughs> I like, have a conversation, and it's just not happening. Uh, and I don't know if it's just the omelet thing, um, but I don't really know how to proceed. Uh, I've tried to have conversations. I've apologized for not liking omelets. It's... it's a, a very weird situation. So I was hoping uh, you could help me. What in the Wes Anderson film is even happening right now? <laughs> like, are we getting yeah. punked or is that real? I think it's real. I think it's, um, I think that people have it so good in this country that an omelet, a daily omelet, and the stopping of the daily omelet can tear them apart. <laughs> <laughs> Especially after the war talk, it's definitely funny. <laughs> like, what? Just so many questions, so many follow-ups. Like, um, do you, like, why are you living with your dad? You know, like, you seem old enough to have a place to your own. You seem old enough to make your own omelet. Maybe, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to proffer this, perhaps, if I make my own omelet, or if I stop making omelets, father goes into existential tailspin, who am I if I don't make omelets? Yeah, it is a way that some people show love and try to connect is through food. But I get yeah. like if you have a specific thing about eggs and you don't like stuff in it, can you not say like I would love an omelet but no cheese or plain or like I wonder if that's the way to connect. He likes to eat it or can you be like no, but I'll grab cereal and do it with you. But dads are weird about food. Like if I eat a kiwi now, my dad will be like, oh, but when I told you to eat kiwis, you didn't like a kiwi. And it's like, I was a fucking <laughs> child. Why do you remember this? Why do you remember this? Or like that's now true. I like sardines and he's like, oh, and I'm like, yeah, no kid wants to eat fucking sardines. Like <laughs> he holds these food things against me. So dads have weird things with food, but there must be something more. But I think it's his way to connect. But he, if because if he's not good There's at talking and he's shutting you out, like it really, I think, is his only way to show you he cares. But why won't he just make something else? Like, that's where I'm at. I'll give you a way out. When I was a kid, my mom would make pork chops like at least once a week. And I didn't, there was a point where I was just like tired of pork chops. And I just told her that they gave me indigestion. And it's not true. 
and she would always make me a little something else on the side. And um, we got around it. You know what I mean? So lie. Sometimes That's great advice. <laughs> Say, Dad, I was embarrassed, but I, I fart so much. The eggs make me fart with the cheese. I can't have cheese. I can't. It turns out I'm lactose intolerant, Dad. Like, I can't with the egg and the cheese and the thing and the guy. Like, I can't do it. And I've been lying to you all this time just to, just to say I, I love also, you. Also, shake you know? it up, Pops, like every day. <laughs> you never want a hard-boiled egg? Like, I don't get that. Who doesn't want, like, a seven-minute egg, you know? Like, like, let's go. Put that over some rice. Keep it moving. Keep it popping with hot sauce. Set this motherfucker mm-hmm. off, you know? I love right? eggs. I think eggs are in my favorite food for short food group. I love eggs. Dude, I would motorboat some eggs right now. I love I love them too. Do you like them scrambled? Do you like them? How do you like them? That's the thing. Whole? It depends. I like them always. I like them scrambled. I love a poached egg. I like a Benedict sour and a hash. I love an over easy. If you don't want that, sure. like an over medium, I'm down. Fried egg <laughs> sandwich so it doesn't leak. Um, <laughs> I'll do an Wait, egg white bite best? at Starbucks. Like I am down. You were down to clown with the eggs. <laughs> yeah. Yo, Will you do a bacon, egg, and cheese, a classic New York bacon, egg, and cheese? I I don't. Today, I actually did. He convinced me. But usually, I just do egg and cheese. I don't really need the bacon most bacon. days. Ever. Okay, got you. Yeah, no, no no pork on the fork. I understand. But the <laughs> for me, bacon, egg, and cheese, when it comes together, it's just like so good. Especially if it's like I've had a long night or whatever. And if New York City is just throwing its usual amount of trash in my face. Then I I love that. That's the best street food. It's the best street food. Don't you think? Bodega. Yeah. Bodega life. Like when people ask, like, what do you miss about New York? Why New York? Why don't you like LA? It's like so simple, but it's bodegas. I want bodegas in my life. Yeah. I feel you. That little cat. I want the cat. I want the little pack of gushers. I want my guy with a little flirty, not full sexual harassment, but just enough that I know that he knows that we know each other and I feel safe there. Yeah, you want to kind of look at the New York Post as you're walking into the store, like looking at the cover, you're like, what the fuck is this? As you walk past the ice cream. Yeah, I know. I feel you. I got you. Get a chip, which maybe that's my MO. Bodega. If I'm feeling it. Bodega culture. Well, Yo. another culture that we're together in, I would like to say, unless, do you have more for egg gate omelets? I think, I think it's like, it's time to move out. Um, heavy move out. Like, Life is hard that, though. That's just like a crazy, qu- that's crazy. There's obviously something he needs to work on. Like not everyone could just move around town right now. No, kick his dad out of the house. So I'm (laughs) (laughs) saying dad needs to run. No, um, no, I I understand. True talk. Dad, I don't want you to take my omelet eating personal. It's just not my vibe of food. Is there something else you'd like to make me? Or maybe you just want to like, what's the vibe, bro? Uh, Communication. Also egg. Very like, you know, if you think about it, it, reproduction, the father, the son, you know, it's, I don't know. There's something, something's. <laughs> his dad has a secret and he's not telling him does he need eggs to stay alive and he's not telling his son that like like this is and how can one man eat an omelet every day for breakfast like your cholesterol is through the goddamn roof right now like like that's real not, wait, let's talk about not that eat eggs every day you can but it's not recommended like especially the yolk 
because there's so much cholesterol in the yolk. Yolk you know? hates bullshit. Fuck that. Fuck you. Okay. <laughs> Wait, another New York culture that we're both a part of is the yes. cellar. I get into a lot of fights there. I used to, not as much anymore. You're not yeah. a true like conflict, like oh, bro. Um, do you have you gotten into big arguments or little debates at the table? I have gotten into big debates and arguments at the table. Um, definitely. Um, oh my gosh, with uh, with Keith Robinson <laughs> once for Ogamutsu. but that's an honor. But that's an honor. Or no, Keith Robinson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keith Robinson, like, definitely, like, made me look bad in front of Je- Judd Apatow, which was really great. Um, I think I made some huge point, and then he's like, and then Keith is all like, "I'm not gonna make fun of this one." And but he's like, he's just like, he was, uh, he's like, "Oh, you trying to look good in front of Judd Apatow right now? I know you. That's all you trying to do." And I, I had no comeback for it, and I was like, "I guess I am." You know, it was, it was, it. I was like, God damn it. It was like, yeah, but you're more mad at yourself than at Keith. Okay, there, there. I appreciate that. You're probably right. (laughs) You're mad you got caught trying to star fuck a little bit, you know, trying to network at the table, maybe. Absolutely. Like, what's, what's the point of going? That's the whole shebang there, you know? I mean, come on. Like, Mm. that's where people go. Hang on a table. <laughs> You're the person because when a famous person is at the table, I usually don't sit there because of that. <laughs> yeah, I, you can get wings anywhere. You know what I'm saying? Like people, people go there for that. I actually, um, it's been a long time since I've been at the cellar. Actually, so I like, but but I got there in 2018, and when I did, it was the height of Me Too. I was there 2018, 2019, and it was like. People did not see things the same way I did about Me Too. No. Which was that, <laughs> that women Louis get raped. Innocent. Yeah, Louis innocent. <laughs> Those women were making it up. Um, no, they, they, uh, they definitely didn't see things the same way I did, nor did they want to entertain any other opinion, even though they say it's a, it's a, a place for free speech. So I felt myself like sidelined a lot there, unfortunately. And I did get into a lot of arguments namely with the owner of the place and like you know different comedians famous comedians i was like this sucks do you really want to hear what i have to say or do you just want to like yell at me and then book me less okay <laughs> great <laughs> you know like that's kind of how it felt it was it was raw dude it was raw i mean i felt like that always kind of happens to me like i'll i'll get something big like that and then somebody will come along to kind of be like self-destruction anyone you know like it's 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 like that so i've grown a little longer in the tooth and now like i i avoid those kind of like conversations i'm just like nah we're good you know i mean it's 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 a strange you know every club has a culture and that's kind of like how i've made my my bones about it and even though i think you know i feel very comfortable doing spots where i do them now but it's like Damn, man. I just, it, it, it just chapped my ass. I was like, this sucks because this is not my, I didn't do this. You know what I'm saying? I didn't do this. I didn't do this to these people. But you are condemning me as though, you know, you're saving your vitriol for me, not the person responsible, you know? Yeah, but so someone like, whose opinion is different than yours, yet you say it's about freedom and like saying everything we all want to say, but yet you're punishing the person that's against. 
Well, yeah, it's also, it's also like, you know, attaching someone's transgressions to higher philosophical notions the moment that you're caught to a point where I guess nothing matters, does it? You know, like it's, it's like, it's like, well, well, then fuck it all, right? No rules. This is just the Outback Steakhouse, you know, no rules, just right. No one wants to, there's no responsibility, no culpability. No one can ever have done or transgressed or done something dumb, right? Ever, right? And if they have, well, then there's a tit for tat. Somebody is like, somebody else on the quote unquote woke mob has done the same thing. You know, like it's, it's just like, it's, uh, it was a mess, but, um, you know, whatever. Um, that was then. And this and, is now, and now you're rich. <laughs> now people are going to put on a little show for you when you're at the table. You're the new Judd Apatow no, of the table. Not, not at all. I kind of, the uh, yeah, I got Judd Apatow money into the show. Thank you so much, Lisa. <laughs> what are you putting out there into the airway? <laughs> Holy false news. Fox fucking news right now. Let's. That is not true. No, that you're is not. Ju- no, uh, Jordan Carlos is not as rich as one of the most prolific, <laughs> successful, well-known directors of um, our generation, who's been working since the mid '90s successfully. No, no, no. No, no. I feel. I feel it's. <laughs> but the that case. motherfucker, he is. But you can't win them all. So what does the fucking matter? You can't win them all. It was actually super helpful because then it let me just like understand like where i was where people were comfortable with me not where i was comfortable but where people were comfortable with me and people are comfortable with me in like spaces that like you know whatever like i'll do like um like i got to sell out union hall this weekend it was so much fun you know it was just fun you you know you you've done it before countless times and i'll be doing it again soon march 21st come on out new york i'll be at union hall you know who my um, enemies are comedians that are younger than me that could sell out union hall faster than me like it really sometimes gets me down <laughs> why does that get you down because i've just been doing this for so long and i want to sell out union hall in an hour and i just am like begging people to buy tickets and i'm fucking good you know what i mean and not that the younger people aren't but sometimes i wish i could sell more tickets I'm begging people to buy. I'm begging people to buy mine. You know? Yeah, it's, and we're it's both like, old, and we're getting passed up. Sell, and these young kids are selling out Union Hall. <laughs> it's true. They're it's killing true. it. I love the youth. I uh, I like being their friends. I am into the youth. I like what they're doing. They're well, also not the I'll youth. Take, they're only a few years like younger. Okay, than Lisa, I'll take the bait. I'll take the bait. But what do they have to say? Like, what are they really that fucking? <laughs> they're great. They're great, amazing. I like them. That's the thing. There's no hate. It's pure, like. Well, it's a, it's a younger generation. They're just cooler. Um, I wouldn't say that, but I I would say that like I I do think that there's more confidence and like I'm older. I'm much older than you, so um, there's a lot more confidence in the fact that you're building the car as you're driving it, and that like like I'm 44, so I'm Generation X, and Generation X thinks you're they're never prepared. They're not ready enough. It'll never happen. So, like, why even do it? That's why, like, Generation X never runs for any office or anything like that. Any any government office, they're just like in a fucking video store selling old ass DVDs. We're <laughs> waiting for Social Security to kick in. Like, we are the lamest, and that's fine. You know, that's fine. 
because we had no wars to fight and we had no enemies and our heroes were like Kurt Cobain and, and Michael Stipe, you know, like, and Tribe Called Quest. Like we don't have a killer instinct. Damn. Did I just fucking break you off with some shit? You did because Gen X doesn't run for office. I never, no. I didn't realize that. Obama was a baby boomer. Obama was a baby boomer. People don't know that. Well, they, they probably do, but, but it's not like, it's not widely like heralded. Like anyway, that's just kind of like our MO and I have to all the more like have that like fucking patience with myself about whatever, like, like some Gen Z, whatever with so many TikTok fans selling out some space because that's what they do. I personally feel I'll never be ready. And I'm probably like, my work is probably overwrought. Right. Mine is probably like overbaked. It's overbaked. I want to go on record and say those are like fleeting moments and like kind of lighter feelings. I feel I'm like into my journey of performing and I feel very, um, get a girl. What's the fulfilled? I just wish I could sell out. (laughs) I want to sell. (laughs) I want to sell more tickets and I'm not ashamed to say it, but I also, like you said, I, I feel confident. And if it takes two years, five years, 10 years, like whatever, I'll live in the studio apartment. Right. I mean, it takes patience with self. Wait, where are you you right now? Are you in I want to do this forever. So I'm just like not in a rush and I am kind of chill about it. But then sometimes I see the youth and I go, you know what? Look at you go. <laughs> Look at you but, selling out, but, bitch. I know. I mean, but I don't it, hate any of them. Yeah. yeah. It's, I mean, have you gone to see their shows? Absolutely. I've gone to the shows. I hang out. I, um, I like, I like all the people and, and to get super real, they do all kind of, um, they like, they look up to me because I am an elderly woman, even though I'm not, you know what I mean? Right. But do you find that there's a cogent through line in their, in their work? A what through line? Like a cogent through line. Like it, it all makes sense and it's not indulgent. Or do you, do you find it's like, Hmm, are we indulging them or are they indulging the audience? It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, if you're selling out and people are into it, is it like the best thing ever in 10 years? Will they be doing something else? Like, (laughs) is this their journey? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Do I sometimes go, this isn't a full hour or what are you guys? uh? But isn't it good to, to kind of try to organize some kind of like, I don't know, standard by which to judge something, you know, like, it, you know, if if it's all just going to be cannon like cannon fodder, and they're all going to move to something else, then no one will ever try to like perfect something. But that's fine. Maybe just, that's not their journey. Okay, I mean, for me, that would make me feel as though you're just using something to get someplace else, and I don't know if you ever like what your ultimate goal is. You know, so where do I guess that's the question? Is like, what do we? What do we stand for then? Having fun doing comedy, whether you like a show or not, doesn't matter. Like if people are going and having a good time, I don't see, I don't have to like it or be into it or think it's changing the world. Or if they're doing it to become a famous actress, like, I don't care. I don't know. 
You see it as a showcase. But also, if they're bombing, like, sometimes they bomb. Like, there is... There's a downside to performing for only people who like you. Hmm. You're talking about that. Yeah. And so think about that. That's like, that's the musician. Like, that's the musician's way, right? Like, you find your audience and don't worry about it. You're not trying to win over yeah, strangers. Yeah, doing something yeah. different. Not everyone has to do stand-up the way I do stand-up. Right. Like. Oh, my God. You're such a, you're such a whole person. What do you, you shut you thought this through. <laughs> <laughs> no people do different shit and i'm down for it as long as it's like it makes me happy i hate or and it's authentic i hate inauthenticity i hate cynicism like there's mm. stuff i hate but the people i'm talking about aren't that that i'm more mad at like the yeah. fact like andrew schultz selling out like radio city or uh like the are doing beacon like that to me makes me more riled up than like so that's more upsetting than someone with a huge TikTok following? But it's not upsetting. Oh, TikTok's different. Um, no, it's not upsetting to me because I know how hard it is to be a stand-up and to get an audience and to sell tickets and to do it. So, like, to me, people are funny, do the hard work, fuck yeah, sell out. I do think a lot of people selling out right now huge, huge venues are doing so because of an influx of incels, hatred, Nazis, Trump, like all of that. Like that's who their audience is and they found it and, you know, make that money. But I think, I wonder if those people would have as many tickets or maybe they just have amazing podcasts, but like people work hard. And if you're a TikTok person and you struck a chord and people want to pay money to see you, fuck yeah, save your money. Or I hope you grow and get better and use the tour to like advance or you get a couple great years and then you're done and out. Like, I just don't, I'm down. Well, I mean, the way I, I, I hear what you're saying about about Schultz's crowd and, you know, I mean, and, and crowd and and, you know, I go back with those guys and I think about like, you know, I do think that what they're doing is they are making money, you know, um, I think the one risk that they that they run in courting that crowd. And I I love these guys, by the way, they're they're they've you know, they're decent, but like the one risk that they run by courting them is it can be imprisoning. And then, yeah, but I like, think they believe those things. I don't think they're like putting on a character to mm -hmm. fulfill their demands. I think they all vibe. Mm -hmm. I also put them in different categories. And at the end of the day, if I saw them, I'd say fucking congrats. Cause I know what it, they are standups that fucking worked. Like yeah. at the end of the day, like yeah. I know what it probably meant to walk on that stage and perform that night. And the joy for me to know that they were able to experience that and someone's dream coming true fulfills me more than like being annoyed that they suck or their audience sucks. You know what, you know, what's interesting is like, I always feel that, whenever you know it it's important to find your audience and it's important to, to find the people for whom you're at least in you're you're supposedly uncomfortable in front of but i feel like sometimes the audience at least in the shows that i do quote unquote smart comedy right quote unquote smart spaces and things like that people will withhold laughter come to judge things like that and not saying that 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 the other spaces that's not the case they do this the exact same thing but it's this kind of no i this, gotta interrupt you this is what i have to say to whatever may and if it's the wrong thing to say keep going but like to me 
I want to kill everywhere. Give me Brooklyn, give me clubs, give me Kansas, give me Los Angeles, give me Australia, give me fucking Norway. I do not give a fuck. Give me a black box theater outside Zoom show. Like, I don't care. I want to kill everywhere. So to me, it's like, yeah, I want to do the clubs and the alt shows. And I feel so and I made that happen for myself. No, I want I want to kill everywhere as well. Yeah. Oh, I agree with you. I'm just saying that what I've noticed is this sometimes in an audience and I've started to pick this out. It was one person's idea to come and the other per- person is just suffering through it. That's there. Right. And it's like one, two, one, two, one, two. Right. And your job sometimes is to win over the person whose choice it was not to come there. Hell yeah. I noticed that the, the fucking energy, that kind of bullshit Brooklyn cat energy, it's very pronounced and it can take over. Like you have to like fight it, you know? I feel that, but in a different way, it's girls that come out to see me on the road. The men that they mm-hmm. bring with them as dates or their husband's boyfriends are pissed that yeah. they're there. But I know yeah. they're going to like me because I just like I am. <laughs> I'm good at comedy. So to me, it's like I'm not scared right. of you, bitch. And I know you're going to laugh. But there is always one or a couple that like they are determined not to have a good time. And I'll call them out. I'll be exactly. like, you exactly. were dragged. That, those- and he yes. goes, yeah. And I'm like, and none of it. And I'll do something i think he'll like and i'm like not even that one okay you know i'll fuck yeah. with the person only a couple times has it gotten dark like one man because refused to look at me like he wouldn't yeah. look at yeah. me because their parents did everything for them when they were kids and they're spoiled brats you know like that's literally what it is no they're farmer men we each have our own enemies like rich voss one time was like oh the worst audiences are like groups of young white girls they're so annoying drunk women i go nah rich like those women love me you know who sucks in my crowd white old men who don't like me talking like we (laughs) all have our enemies and so for you it's the cat girls in brooklyn and the people like the fake woke that want to test you or whatever it is so it's like yes we all have our enemies and i call people it's like they're gonna be everywhere or like are is it drunk people or is it this or it's that but it's the perfect crowd comedians like i would hate when people came up from the cellar and it would be like ugh, they're this or they're that or that that and it's like not you guys did not vibe Right. They are not well, anything. I, and sometimes we fail. Exactly. But the job is to be like, this is who I got. I have to say this to to Schultz's credit. They found a way to kind of circumvent that. Where you're just like, I don't want to deal with the enemies. Yeah. You know, absolutely. They got fans like being popular is cool. <laughs> <laughs> can that be the title (laughs) take away for the night being popular is cool yeah if you're popular you don't have to put up with bullshit i don't know at the end of the day it's like we're all on our fucking journeys and like we don't know what is anything um as long as we're all having fun but yeah wait are you in la or new york where are you now i'm in la got you got you You're, you're hanging out with with kk right with kk doing your park Kara Clank. Clank. Yes, you were at her wedding. Yes, yes. <laughs> I, I saw Kara for probably like four hours today via Zoom. Four hours. And you can't remember. <laughs> I was like, KK. I love that. I love it. Anybody can be an enemy. If you're in the, if you're in the wrong mood, anybody can be an enemy. I have like, I have a great job. I love what I do. 
but I don't, sometimes I just don't want to be on the zoom that day. And then instantly everybody's my enemy on the zoom. I'm like, I'm like you keeping me here. You know what I mean? Like, what is the matter with me? I am. You ever have that here? Wait, I do want to keep, I want to say something about that. So Andrew Schultz is one of my top guests that I want on this podcast. We have gotten into screen matches. We have fought. We uh, haven't gotten along because I don't like show. Like if I could tell you're kind of a chauvinist or a fraud, I think he's a fake. Like I have personal issues with him. Um, but it's like, I don't want to ask him because I know he's so popular now that like I can't handle with him like big timing me but i'll find a way to get him on eventually but i did email him maybe but i want him on for sure okay i want because you're very you have a brilliant mind you know and i know that you're very good at like picking ideas apart and staying like lucid in the moment you have the wherewithal to to conduct like a very rigorous argument against somebody wow that's so nice of you what a compliment i needed that okay I'm going to play another phone call. Yimmy. I just had a quick question for you. What if your greatest enemy is yourself? Um, I say this coming from a place of uh, deep introspection and, you know, self-reflection. I think I'm my own worst enemy. And I think that no one could do the damage that I do to myself. Um, which I mm. continue to do all the time. So, um, just if you have any thoughts on being your own worst enemy and how to overcome that, please, I am looking for all the help I could get. Um, thank you. And my mm. Bye. Well, I guess there's you no get- point to this podcast because she just figured it out. <laughs> We're all just <laughs> our own worst enemies. Yeah. The president of Ukraine is his own worst enemy. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> I think I'd be Vladimir Putin. No, no. I, I, I mean, listen, come on. Yes, you are your own worst enemy, but sometimes enemies are even bigger than yourself. That's that's true. People can you be giving you shit that are like more powerful than you. That's for real. No, this girl I work out with, Stacia, her big thing is like, we say mean stuff to ourselves all the time. Like, constantly why don't we counterbalance that and just keep lying to ourselves with positive like we should be bombarding ourselves with our own positive self-talk like for the amount of shit we say to ourselves we can't be as bad as we think we are right or are we yeah probably not i mean we're not we're none of us are in jail right now i mean at least you and i aren't and probably a lot of the people well america incarcerates a lot of people but you know we're not we're (laughs) I don't think we're bad people and especially people that are in jail right now aren't bad people. It's it's we're not talking just, about we, bad or good. And an enemy doesn't mean they're a bad person. Like just because I don't like you or get along with I, you know, I, you're taking it, this different. No, here's what I think. I just wish that there was voices in your head that said positive shit. Yes, that's what my workout girl is saying. Like we have to just force no, but, it. But it's diegetic sound. Like you have to say it. You have to be like, "I am a, I am a good person." Like it can't, you know, like your your brain. I do like, that sometimes. In your head, you say randomly no, nice. A few, yeah, I force it. Well, a few weeks ago, I had like such a special evening, and so I just kept going. Like, I'm so lucky. I'm so lucky. I'm so lucky. Just to remember. Yeah. 
Or yeah, or I go, no, you're doing the best you can. Or that's why I go to Soul Cycle. I get the teachers in my head. You're right. It's still external. But no, I'm trying to you know, it's about the flat the plant thing. Like if you're nice to a plant, it grows more. So like if mm-hmm. you're nice to a person, yes, I try. I fail constantly. Yeah, but we have to be like we have to be more I say horrible things. And when it's about a time my periods coming around. I'm like sure. so vicious. Like I am so mean <laughs> to myself. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I probably like, I think I almost like I, w- I, I work in this little, whatever this office, this workspace. And like, like I almost dropped my card today. And I was like, you stupid fucking idiot. Almost dropped my card. Didn't drop my card. Almost dropped my card. You know? Yeah. Like, why am I so mean to myself? No, today I, I knocked over the ashtray, then dust busted it, and then the dust buster <laughs> fell and everything fell out of the dust buster. And that was a moment for me. But comedians can't take funny shit that happens to us. <laughs> we can't do it. We're so bad at it. Like my family is sitting around like laughing and they're like thinking I'm gonna get in on it. I'm like, nobody laughs. You know, like Shut up. No, I think it's forceful positivity nonstop and routine and like doing the things that make you feel like Kim Cattrall. Kim Cattrall. I don't want to be unhappy for not even one second or something like that. Is that what Kim Cattrall says? (laughs) Yeah, about being on Sex and the City. She's like, I just never want to be unhappy for not even one moment or be in a place I don't want to be. Wow. She's done with it. But she's rich. She's rich. It's different. Sometimes people have to work. (laughs) <laughs> i mean yeah you don't want to experience no one wants to experience pain or displeasure obviously how to be your so, worst like, enemy yeah like r- i get very sometimes paranoid or suspicious of my friends <laughs> like in my head want to like be like oh yeah if the, that's how it is then i'm gonna cut you you'll see what it's you know and i do that so then i have to constantly while i'm sitting there go this is your friend they love you they're not mm. against you they're not leaving you out mm. they have things in their life and i i have to do that in my head over and over until i remember and then i can be pleasant oh Wow. <laughs> oh, you, no, you think- you're speechless. That's bad. No, no, no. no. I, I'm like, where does that, like, is that your parents? Like, just, is that you talking or your parents talking? You know? Um, no, my parents are obsessed with me. It's like too much, honestly. Like, I wish oh. they weren't. <laughs> <laughs> they're like obsessed. They can do no wrong. My poor sister does everything for them. And they're like, ugh, she sucks. And then I'm like a mess who just drains them of money and resources and attention and like yell, like ruined vacations throughout my whole life for them. And they're what? just like, oh my God, Lisa, our little Lisa. <laughs> wait are you the baby of course <laughs> oh my god <laughs> but that's how it is with the baby yeah the baby it's just like you don't care they're just they're always the baby it's all good you always need ra- rearing or raising or care that's it's all good you know and where yeah. are you where do you stand 
I'm the, me, I'm the middle child. So I had to do it all myself and nobody cares what I do. And so that's why maybe I make a lot of television so people take notice. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever had to professionally in a television on camera, like, um, introduce someone you hate any type of, have you ever had to act with someone you hate being a writer's room with someone you Mm. hate? Have you ever had a work enemy in a, in your creative, um, I'm going to tell you a story. I'm going to tell you a story. I'm going to tell you a story. I'm going to lean back and listen. Can't wait. We're going to listen to this story. Back in 2005, I was a kid. I was a kid, just a small child, wading into this world. And I was asked by a friend of mine who wrote for Stephen Colbert to come down uh, to the studio for a little something, just to take a picture with Stephen for a little bit they were going to do that night. So I had nothing going on because I was just like an out-of-work actor. So I go down to the studio on 54th Street. And um, I take this picture of Stephen Colbert, not a big deal. It appears in the show that night and overnight my phone is like ringing constantly. Like people are just like, dude, you were on Stephen Colbert, you're Alan, his black friend, da, 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 da. They bring me back four or five more times. I like, it's insane, right? So now, now I get like my agent, my manager, there's, they're really interested and they're like thinking maybe you could write for the show and stuff like that. I sent in a packet. They didn't like it. It's okay. You know, that happens. They passed. But I was kind of hurt because I was, I'd been, you know, working on the show or so I thought. And so I thought I had a little skin in the game. Uh, long story short, Washington Post calls. They're like, Hey, are you a writer for Stephen Colbert? Like for the, for the Colbert report? And I'm like, I am not. And they were like, well, because you, it, there was a line in there and it, Stephen called you one of his writers. And I was like, Oh yeah. Well, I just play the part of a writer, you know? And, and I was like, and they were like, well, would you like to write about your experiences like being black in, in Hollywood? So I did. And I dragged Stephen Colbert for filth, right? And then, <laughs> and then he called me up and he was like, because uh, uh, they asked him for comment right before they, the Washington Post is going to print this. It was, it did not end well, right? And he was like, I'll be, I'll be watching you. That's what he said. And I was like, what you know (laughs) so he basically i mean it was not good it did not end well now i got essentially blacklisted from all like kind of daily show anything right like anything having to do with john stewart you know um or or stephen colbert and it came to a point but then in 2013 i was able to get a job on the nightly show um so i i wrote for them um, so things were starting to kind of like improve, but Steven wasn't really affiliated at that time. He'd kind of the same year he'd actually taken over at, uh, you know, he'd taken up a letterman slot. The day of my first, my first day on the job at the nightly show, it's on 54th street. Steven's studio is on 54th street as well. So my show is in Steven's old studio and he's taking over letterman's old studio. I'm riding my bike to work like a dork. And then, like, Steven sees me in the crosswalk. And he goes, I go, good luck today, like that. And he turns to me and he's like, good luck to you, too. And he's like, where are you going? I was like, your old studio. And it's like, oh, really? Like, he's putting this together, right? So that happens. Then, finally, this is the code of the story. I get a job writing for Charlemagne the God on his show, um, The God's Honest Truth. Who's the executive producer? Stephen Colbert. 
we write the first script and they're like, Steven's coming in today. I'm like, great. <laughs> like, so, so Steven comes in, he reads what I've written basically. Cause I wrote a lot of it, you know, but hats off to everybody else, you know, but I wrote like a chunk of it and he was like, it's really funny, you know? And I was like, thank you. You know, but like that was 2021 from then that's a 16 year journey. So enemies can become friends, friends, enemies. And sometimes you forget what you even were fighting about in the first place. Wow. That's pretty interesting. What? So you were pissed because he was pretending you were a writer and saying you were a writer, but you weren't. Yeah. And it was like, look at my black writer type vibe. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'll send you the article. It's like, it was, it was quite a chapter in my life that I'm now like, it's over, you know, but it's, it's just kind of one of those crazy things that's given me through the years gave me like anxiety and I wanted to quit and all this stuff. And yeah, he was essentially like my enemy, you know, but America loved him. America loved him. And he was think about that. And you think he remembered like when he saw you going to the nightly show and then saw you in that room, you think he put it all together. Right. I mean, cause yeah, he threatened you. He said, watch out baby. It wasn't, you know, it was, yeah, I took it as a shot across the bow. You know, I didn't take it as like, he's, he's plotting, but it was definitely a shot across the bow and it didn't, it wasn't a good look, you know? And, um, but I threw down a gauntlet and, you know, I was like, let's go. You know, I think that was just a part of my personality. Now these days I'm a little, little more like circumspect and like careful. And because when you burn bridges like that, or you make enemies, you don't know how powerful the person can be and how much they can affect your career. And it's hard to bounce back from things like that. I learned a lot. I mean, like I hold no animus towards him. I hope he holds none towards me, but I, I speak on it because it was like, it was an experience that actually had a conclusion that was positive. You know? Yeah. I got into a fight with someone that I've had to audition in front of, like we fought at a different place, but, um, he approached me in a way I didn't like. Like, I don't think I was in the wrong with that. But he mm-hmm. definitely, I was at a callback and he was in there. And he is probably one of the most, like, powerful producers right now, I bet, I would say. Jesus. You got in a fight with him? Yeah, he. you know, I was doing my material about how men don't make women come. <laughs> men don't yeah, that. like that. And so, uh, like, they, it really, that's the thing that's annoying. It's always just like, oh, can't we just have comedy and make jokes? Uh, oh, you're, what are you saying about men? It's like such fucking bullshit. It was JFL. I was Variety, Top 10, you know, 10 to Watch. It was my year, honey. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I was doing yeah, panels. I was doing, like, four shows a night. I was at the Midnight Show, podcast. Like, I uh-huh. was, like, living my ultimate JFL fantasy. I did my variety show. I think Jesus and Miro hosted it. Wow. And I don't know if I loved my set, but whatever. I did my cum shit and it was like, fine. Uh, if you haven't seen it, I do have a Netflix half hour on the degenerates with my cum material. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, you know, I do my set. I'm living my life. And then someone brings me and introduces me to um, what the fuck is her name? Caitlin Olson. 
from like uh, it's always sunny in the mick and to oh, me cool. that's like the she, i was so excited to be near her so i'm yeah. talking to her and then someone else was being annoying for like it was kind of a wild thing it was a giant party i was drinking and so this guy comes up to me and goes you know your joke like my wife likes to use a vibrator and she says she would rather do that so it's not about me making her come or not it's just like you know like she mm. says she'd rather use a vibrator and i was just like don't you think it's weird that you're coming and telling me that like what are this wasn't about you like what are what is happening here like i don't remember the exact dialogue but i was that you don't you don't make no but then i said yeah but the point isn't that the point is you don't even have an interest in making her come i go that's the point i go because the point of my joke is that when i started dating a woman i went and i bought a book on how to eat pussy right and right. I asked the audience of men, have they ever read this pussy eating book? And none of them have. But like, was it just, was that the collected works of Emily Dickinson? <laughs> it's like there's a papaya and a banana on the cover, but I don't remember what it's called. <laughs> go ahead yes but whatever so i I, once i once the jokes are in a special like i stopped doing them i truly there was more to it and i asked that like if they ever ask about like when when a girl fucks someone and they're hanging out with their friends it's always like well did you come and then i ask if men say that and they don't they're always coming and so it's like then i put it all together and it's like a great fucking joke but yeah, yeah. but the point is that the men don't even get the book like the men don't care enough to, like it doesn't matter and i actually got messages recently from a woman that was like what i've your stand up emboldened me but what, but she goes when i tell guys they haven't made me come like they get violent defensive they get so mad or they don't care or they're like what do you want me to do about it and so people message me and it's this weird experience for women that fuck men and so that's what i said to him i go no the point is that you don't even care i'm like you would you know what i mean like you're not even curious to make her come and using a vibrator in the bedroom i'm all for it but that's again why are you telling me i'm like a fun girl that's doing jokes and you would never approach anyone else and so we got into it and i fucking hated it because i wanted to meet caitlin olsen because she's so cool and then someone else was trying to get my attention and it was this weird fucking argument but to me i'm like you're coming up to me after my set to tell me that your wife wants to use a vibrator while you guys fuck like okay I, I still have, I, I'm still struggling with ways to like, yeah, to extricate myself from conversations like that. I want to know, like, what did you do? Like, it escalated. We went back and forth and he goes, don't you talk about my wife? Like we've been together 15 years. And I go, you brought your shit up to me, bro. Like you came up to me talking about your wife. Like I have nothing to do with it. It obviously struck a chord. I'm like, no one else is talking to me. <laughs> Like hundreds of people were in the audience. Well, she was laughing, I think, and uncomfortable. And I'm sure after I left, they're like, that's a lunatic. And then I had to audition for him. And then like recently, I don't know. I I do a lot of, uh, no, I auditioned for him like closer to the festival, but like this was years ago. But I do a lot of research for my SVU podcasts on IMDb and guests. And so I'm always on IMDb. And he came up and he has Mm -hmm. produced like, everything <laughs> like he is like the king of jacks you know like it's uh wild he is so powerful but like i don't know what do you like you, you're not casting me in things you do like i don't care he's also taking over imagine entertainment I because i don't know what um, that is. but he started it it's like why would i want to work with him 
I don't I don't get it. So maybe it happens, but like what? You're going to live a fake life and just be nice to everyone. So my friend that was like tap dancing for this like fancy boss she had who was politically not like terrible, but she was like, ah, you know, what are you going to do? And I was like, I would argue with her. (laughs) Like I would not sit there like, (laughs) and you're richer than me and more people like you. So have at it, bitch. But like, to me, I was, I don't know, like in that moment, I was going to be like, maybe this guy is an important guy, so I'm not going to live my truth. Like, that's crazy to me. It's like, you came up uh, for uh, looking for a fight, and I'm going to give you a fight. Yeah. I mean, that's that's valid. Like, it, it, it feels like he was out of line, obviously. I think so. And kind of flexing and just like... But when like, I saw all of his credits, I was like, oh, the most powerful man in Hollywood. I'm like, this is crazy. I'm like, I can't believe how many yeah. shows he's made. But I don't know. Yeah, I mean... And that's listen, where the ego you, comes in, too, because it's like, what if yeah. he forgot and never remembered again and it meant nothing to him? Uh, You never know. It, people like that, I, I, I don't know, maybe <laughs> it's possibility, but I, w- I wouldn't hold out a probability that that's... that's <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, Jesus Christ, man. But that's, you know what's funny, man? I feel like that's why it's so important to just work with your friends and make projects with your friends. Because, like, now, like, the job I have and the past couple jobs I've had, I don't even worry about it. Like, I can I can just trust my friend, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, ho- I only want to work with friends and amazing colleagues and, like, people that I respect and are incredible, and for sure. But sometimes yeah. you're going to yell at someone, and... Because I've gotten into a fight with a different <laughs> producer. I mean, I left a gig at MTV, too, and fully, like wanted to meet like to the head i was like this fucking sucked and i was treated like shit and i didn't like it and i you know did i burn did i I burn a bridge maybe i don't know i didn't think about it i mean in the moment i was pissed (laughs) but i was also young like i've been doing this like since i was 21 so of course i'm gonna like but i'm gonna continue to make bad decisions it's mtv too boo boo you're gonna be all right you know what i'm saying because like It's not even the first MTV. <laughs> so it's always good to be kind. But some are good and some are bad. Like, and that's the thing. Like, I, it's, yeah, it's working. It's finding and working with people that you really fucking like. Okay, we'll do one more. Kindness is not being fake. There's a difference between like, there's like something yes. called like peach cultures. You know, you've heard of that, right? No, please explain. Like, but this is something I had to work on in my own personal life. So I just went like an amen, like a yes, got yeah. it. Yeah. Kindness is not fake. It is, it is something that you are being careful with another person. Okay. And so you don't, you're going out of your way not to be rude. It doesn't mean that you are going to invite them to dinner or something like that. But like we, like Americans, come from a peach culture like and there's peach and there are coconut cultures and coconut cultures are like israel where it's like hard on the outside and then soft on the inside the sabra when you get to know the people but like american culture is soft on the outside usually like nice but the more you go in you get that pit you know like you can you can bs and like small talk with people all day and then if they're like yo we should hang out they're like whoa hang the fuck on dude we're just waiting for a train here. You know what I mean? Like that's the kind of culture we have. And I think that gets confused for those are just our cultural norms and it gets confused for fakeness. If that makes sense. 
Yeah, but I think there's also a difference between nice and kind. That's something I always say are polite and kind. And you're, you can show yeah. and give kindness that isn't fake. To be kind is like the hardest thing to do sometimes, you know? You don't have to do it all the time. Just do it when it counts. Damn, bro. That's a good ending, but we should do one more. I'm trying to like sure. come up with a rhythm. So there's a voicemail or an email I yeah. can read. What do you think we should do? Ooh, we've done voicemails. So I want to hear an email. Okay. Let me chug some water. Do it. <laughs> this water is like, I have not commented on it. Good Lord. <laughs> Are you okay? Are you passing something? <laughs> no, it's like, I, I just... The depression has hit so hard that like there's not a like I can't I can't fathom pouring this somewhere or like filtering what like I got you. There's just no way I can pour it out, so I just have to drink from it. Why do I have empty water bottles everywhere? Mm. For what? Like just little bottles everywhere hidden. <laughs> like it's just like because, <laughs> is it because you don't want to add to. You don't want to throw them out because it's like you, you think that you're adding to the to the waste. No, it kills. I don't think about the environment. If I didn't, I wouldn't have plastic bottles everywhere in my room. <laughs> you want to repurpose them? No, it's not about it. I hate that. They're, I, I, it's like sick. I don't know. But like you said, we all have our piles and we all have our dungeons and demons and dragons. And like, what are you going to do? But yeah, no. so the water to me, it's like if it's not giant and around me, like I won't drink it. Yeah. So it's like you I have to it. hydrate and out of this giant fucking jug that I have delivered from fucking Amazon like a nightmare. I thought you were doing a challenge or something. No, not a water challenge. Just <laughs> hydrate, hydrate. You're like waterboarding yourself for some shit. <laughs> Give me the fucking answers. Oh my god, dude! What are you gonna do when your kids have all these problems? Good question. Just love them, you know. Listen to them. Um, my kids already have issues, you know. It's like my child is nine and she's a perfectionist and. At least she is like, she has amazing, amazing presence of mind. Like she was, um, when she gets something wrong, she, she'll kind of like spaz and, and spiral. And this is what she told my wife yesterday. She's like, when I'm doing that, I don't want you to talk to me or anything like that and tell me that I am smart. I just want you to hold me. Wow. And so that gives me hope, you know? I mean, who who knows themselves like that at nine? No, these kids are better. <laughs> they had it better. Yeah, they got Peppa Pig. You know, Our fucking they're doing, they're doing parents, we were just like home alone watching Power Rangers. But you are a decade <laughs> older than me. <laughs> yeah, I was watching DuckTales, okay? Like, so um, get it right. DuckTales. Okay. Hello, Lisa. Mm -hmm. My childhood bestie turned enemy overnight. Picture it. Mm -hmm. Early 2000s sleepover, 12 girls, all ages 10 and under. A true cat fight waiting to happen. So a tiny backstory. I was besties with Cassidy. We met in preschool. We're inseparable for many years. 
when elementary school rolled around, her family moved to a different school district, but we remained close. Fast forward to her birthday one year, my bestie Cassidy had a bunch of girls over from her current school. They were all really close and obviously felt threatened by me. One girl in particular, Courtney, was rude to me from the start. They were all very exclusionary. Cassidy, Courtney, like you think this is made up? No, I am like, is this somewhat like? I wonder if this is people that I do know. Like, I wonder who this is. This is just all JKL names. <laughs> they were all very exclusionary towards me and teasing me during the sleepover. They were all really close and obviously felt threatened by me. One girl in particular, Courtney, was rude to me from the start. They were all very exclusionary towards me and teasing me. During the sleepover, we went to Cassidy's grandma's house to see her horses. Rural, upstate, New York fam. And as we made our way out, the horses, everyone was running and the door closed fast and hard behind me as it was a spring-activated screen door. Little did I know, Courtney would accuse me of slamming the door in her face on purpose. She literally started bawling her eyes out and I got in trouble by Cassidy's mom for being rude. I had to leave early from the sleepover. A couple weeks later, we got a phone call on the good old landline at home, and it was Cassidy asking to speak to me. Mean girl style, I was the victim of a four-way phone call with her and Courtney and a couple other girls from the party. They asked why I was so mean to Courtney, etc. My former bestie and I have not spoken since that day, about 15 years ago or more. I just found her on Instagram, and I'm glad she's doing well, but I can still tell she's a spoiled bitch. Love you, Lisa, and thanks for doing the Lord's work. You are doing the Lord's work. How do you feel? How do you feel about that? Well, so I feel really lucky that I get to perform and I'm kind of um, in not like limelight, but like more known because I do mm-hmm. get to revisit people from high school. Like they'll come to shows or they'll reach out on social media. And I love seeing people in high school and like where they are now. And it's like interesting. And I wonder if it's too soon, but in the future, like you will be able to have a discussion. Like I hope to have on this show, like where you two can come on. And is she still a spoiled dumb bitch or is she like, yeah, I fucked up. I was such a dumb bitch and I'm different now. Right. Like, I wonder if, if you guys want to come on. That would be amazing. Hello. <laughs> Hello, rekindle. Where are you? <laughs> but it's so shitty in the, I don't know if you watch the show Pen 15, but they do such a good job of pinpointing the emotions of this time period in life and i would suggest watching it or um just oh pin 15 is the best nah like who knows what was in all of these girls minds who knows i have no idea but it it was that was definitely my seventh grade experience like they, they nailed it nailed it i was like this is were they reading did they they must have like taken my trapper keeping my special one that I kept all my like journal entries in and the personal sh- is universal. That's what I like to say. Oh, uh, <laughs> do it girl. <laughs> I don't know. Listen, listen, people change, you know, in people the fourth grade, change, but I like yeah. that she found her. I just wonder if it's like, Hey, did you know that you were like a terror? Like what the fuck? Do you know that you fucked up or 
I, I'm not that. You don't not think so. You think suffer. leave it alone. Not a lot of people self-reflect. Not a lot of people self-reflect. Um, but, you know, like, I don't get a lot of the, the people I went to school with. They don't reach out. But I know that they, like, if people aren't talking to you, as my wonderful friend Michelle Bito likes to say, they're talking about you. So definitely you as a comedian, like, they know who you are. They know what you're doing. All that stuff. From your childhood. Yeah. You, even if they were shitty McGritty to you, they're like, oh my God, this person is doing that. And I treated them like crap, kind of, you know, like they're not, they might not own up to the crap, but they're definitely like, they're, they're watching, believe. The only people that I like really want to get back at is at Iowa State. I was in like, um, I got to be in this improv group and I felt so cool. And it was all senior, like older boys, junior boys. I was the only new member and a girl. And I felt like I got hazed and I took five shots in a row. And then we had a show and I passed out drunk and I was wasted. And my friend was like, that was really bad. And then I kind of got kicked out of the group and I felt really ashamed. And I hope that they know what I'm up to. Oh, for sure. That group like, of guys. Yeah, they know. They know that. Like, are any of them comedians? No. Acting work. Yeah, absolutely. They they know. They know. Like, anytime you're you appear on anything or anytime your podcast like comes up, they're just like, yeah, I'm. It went to yeah, I went to school. But in but, terms of youths, like I, I just feel like maybe people know that they were shitty or like, oh God, I was embarrassing or, I don't know. Hopefully, I did a mean thing once. To someone, what'd you do? There was this, there was this girl. Like I, I was like a, at summer college in Virginia, and she was into me, and she kind of like, she was like trying to talk to me, and she was, we we're sitting on this log. Me and my friend were sitting on the log, and she was kind of squatting, like sitting down but squatting. You know what I mean? And it was just a thing that like, I just, I just gave her a little push on her name, just tipped her over, you know, like it's like. It's something that people do. You couldn't do help it. You couldn't, couldn't help, help it. it. I couldn't help it. And she was devastated. I was just like, come on. You know, like, it's just something you do. I've been on the it's other fun. end of that during eighth grade graduation rehearsals. Um, Elik Vodavos, I remember you. <laughs> he, pulled, he pulled the chair out from behind me as i was sitting down and so i that fell straight to the ground but he did look shocked where i do believe that he was just playing with the chair and didn't realize it was time to sit and i felt like i don't think it was purposely mean but it wasn't it didn't feel good yeah yeah it did not feel good see and it stayed with you right everything does i mean every mean thing that anyone said to me throughout school i remember and i'm constantly trying to <laughs> what about every kind wonderful thing someone said to you oh for sure yeah but, <laughs> but that doesn't outweigh it it sucks i mean yeah. i read that the bad things stay in your mind longer as a survival tactic like in the wild yes. you'd be like oh well that hurts so don't do that again no i like compliments i remember but it's mostly yeah. from my older years as a human i've never had i've never had like a well i've lost a friend over a night over 24 hours because of my own behavior. That's for sure. Like, I went to New York with some friends during college. And then, like, 
I used to hang out with like the, this guy, Harold Hunter, that was like a, he was in the movie kids and he was like a skateboarder dude. Uh, RIP he's a great guy. But, um, and I ran into Harold when we were hanging out with my college friends and I was like, Oh my God, like, let's go hang out for real, for real, like New York style with this guy. And my friends, like we kind of, we were hanging out, but they, they couldn't hang as hard with Harold. And then like, they were like, well, we're going to go back to so-and-so's house in Long Island now. And I was like, bye, you know, (laughs) (laughs) gross. I'd rather hang out in like 1999 Manhattan on the Lower East Side. Like that's fucking fun, dude. You know? So then they're like, well, you have to take this train out to the Ron Conkamas. I was like, fuck off. Like, I, I don't care. Like, I'm just going to hang out with my friend. So it gets really late. And I was like, uh, let me take the LIRR, right? Like, it's impossible. Like, that, it's the worst, like, system of travel ever. I take this train out. I have to wait three hours for the train. It pulls in at six in the morning to my friend's station in Wine Dance or wherever. And then, like, his sister has to come pick me up from the station because they're all sleeping. And he never talks to me again. It was like... And rightly so, you know, like, and rightly so. Whatever. I was an asshole. Damn. But it's Harold Hunter. The guy was a legend. No, you wanted a party. Sometimes parties, you know, you take a gamble for the good time. Absolutely. And then I think, what does 24 hours mean? Because I think as an adult, like a 24 hour thing, it builds up. Like that's years of something else. It can't just be one moment in time. Or maybe you do just look at a person different. But I think in youth, it's like... Because I remember one time, a friend in junior high, they they stopped talking to me, but it wasn't true. Like, someone said I said something, and it wasn't true. And that happened to me in second grade, too, where I was like, I did not say that. Oh, wait, in second grade? Second grade, it happened. And then in seventh grade, it happened. And then in second grade, though, my teacher was like, I'm not going to give you animal crackers. I'm going to give them to you last. And I was like, you fucking bitch. And you got like the camel, right? I lo- oh, well, I might go get animal crackers tonight. No, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. I'll go to Kara's house and get some animal crackers. <laughs> do that <laughs> you know Parents you know they got them got them baby <laughs> so that second grade uh situation where i was like i swear i never said that whatever we ended up being good friends we lived near each other fifth grade junior high she moves away but we keep in touch on social media whatever 2012 so i grad whatever 2012 i'm going to the glasgow comedy festival she's in london or in oxford and i go hey i'm gonna be here and she comes to meet me And I haven't seen her since fifth grade. And it's like, oh my God, what the fuck? Because to me, I'm like, this bitch went to Northwestern for like neuroscience and Oxford for philosophy. Like, what? we might have nothing in common. And she walked into the hotel and right away, she like wanted to smoke some weed and have fun and go out and like the show. And we vibed and had a great few days in London. And we were just Instagram buds. Hopefully I'll see her again one day. But like... It was so nice. That makes me happy. That makes me happy for like possibilities. When I, I mean, I am I have my twenty fifth high school reunion coming up. You're going right because you have a hot wife and you're successful and famous. I mean, I'll be in the front row, absolutely. 
person there. I'm, I'm the one turning on the lights. <laughs> now, the Dixie Chicks went to my high school. But they go by the Chicks now, Jordan. I'm sorry. They came back for their, like, tenure, uh, like, high school reunion, and there's just all these pictures online of, like, them, like, smiling big, like, ah, but, like, we never thought of like us, and all these other people just looking morose, just like, fine, I guess I'll stand up. Like, those are, that was at the height of their fame, and they found time to go back to a high school reunion petty spaghetti like when you is a dish best served baby like i yeah i gotta go back i guess yeah you gotta go back i don't think i'll ever go <laughs> no maybe i will but i didn't go to the tenure did you go to you grew up with esther though right yeah little esther and i went to school she will be a future guest so watch out for that i was jealous because she had lavender uggs so remember this this is a teaser so you played my wife in a in home alone Oh my god! You know that? Amazing. I well, that's so interesting because uh, that was a moment where COVID was hardcore. So when you saw anyone in Canada or in a hotel room and they were working, it was like so exciting on like close friends and social yeah. media. It was like, ooh, someone's quarantining in a hotel. It was exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Someone booked a gig. <laughs> I loved it. That was such a that was an experience. But like. I don't know. Star studded with a lot of friends. If it wasn't for Pete Holmes playing the dad, I would have watched it, but I just couldn't stomach that. <laughs> Bitches getting nope. loose. I'm getting delirious. No comment. No, no comment. comment. Yo, what do we say? Like, wh how do you wrap this up? What do we do? Well, for this girl, it's, um, or person. I don't know why I said girl. Okay, take that back. So for this person, I'm not that's like a great story. And I think that's just like an old timey story of like a bitch with no backbone who maybe had a reason to be mean or not. But as kids, we just make mistakes and it's like a fun story to tell. Now, if this yeah. happened, I was at a bachelorette party where someone was kicked out of the wedding and never like talked to again. Really? How lucky am I? <laughs> to be able to experience Tell something more. like that oh my god oh my god no there's no advice <laughs> i think that this one was like a fun story and i enjoyed reading it and hopefully one day in the future maybe you'll have a run-in and you'll be confirmed she's a dumb bitch or you'll have a moment of clarity and positivity or you'll never see her again and have the story of like how you were mean girled photoed tricked and betrayed and hopefully it doesn't have long-standing um mental trauma for you <laughs> Yeah, that's the hope, you know? I mean, in the end, that that what a wonderful wish to wish someone. Lisa, I love that. Oh, cool. Okay, great news for me. <laughs> <laughs> the joints be hitting. No, this was amazing. I think we said really great things and fun things, and I think people will like it. Do you have any? And you, were, you shared a lot. Well, by the way, as your joint faded, my edible kicked in, which is why I was laughing at what you just said. So, uh, oh, it's just <laughs> edible related, you fucking bitch. Wait, wait, did you ever watch Top Model? Um, can I say something now? Can I say something now? Yeah, I've been on, and I've, I want to yes. do a segment. If you have an enemy of the week, <laughs> an enemy of the week, yeah. <laughs> 
Putin. Fuck him. Fuck him. Yeah. Fuck him. I God, I've never liked Vladimir Putin. His stupid little doe-head. Why is he so, for what? For what? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And yet here we are. Go away, we fucker. We all have psychopath leaders, though, but I wanted to be like, Russia just loves a lunatic. Yeah, I mean, honestly, they had maybe, like, one elected leader, Boris Yeltsin, right? And then it's been nothing but, like, <laughs> dictators and czars. Dictators, czars, and one queen. Who, you know, she she puts a good name on it, I think. She was good. <laughs> I've only watched the Hulu show The Great, but I think yeah. she was a good one. I mean, yeah, you even had Ivan the Terrible. The man's name was The Terrible. <sighs> yeah no putin sucks but he's my enemy of the week he's the enemy of the world man i don't think do you think he thought this would unite everyone or he thought he would just squash them he still might like i wonder what is happening i think he thought it'd be over in like one to five hours <laughs> like that like he'd just make a hot pocket and it would be over by the time the hot pocket was done or stouffer's like, like in lasagna, but that, that's what he thought. I mean, he's just an old man that wants the Soviet Union back. That's all. I know. I'm going to go to Finland and I'm like, I watch, I'll be in Finland as he tries to take over Finland. Take it easy. What the Helsinki are you doing? What the Helsinki are you thinking? <laughs> <laughs> See, now my shit's starting to kick in. All right. I need to go to bed, though, but I, I love Hopefully you. Hopefully one day we can go on a vacation together. I'd like that. Yeah, I think we'd have fun. You, come up to, you should come up to my summer place. Uh, excuse me. <laughs> um, so should I say, like, where you can see me or whatever? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, thank, thank you, Trish. Let me tell you something. I love you, Lisa. Um, hopefully, uh, anyone can see me any old time. Uh, the 23rd, I'll be at Union Hall. My handle is at Jordan Carlos, or you can find me on Instagram, Jordan Carlos, the realer Jordan Carlos. That's that's me. Um, this has been fantastic. I love going back and forth and chopping it up with you. And I, I like I'm so excited for you to finish your water. Are you? <laughs> you might inspire me to do it faster than I would have for all the attention Good I Lord. got. I think it's uh, you're halfway there. I feel jealous about the consumption of water and like I got to do better about my stuff. We got to do better about everything. It's too much. I don't know. Was being a person simpler when there was nothing to do? Maybe. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I should be a single cell protozoa. But it was just harder weird. and smelled more. Yeah. Yeah. Good question. <laughs> Good question, good question. And with that parting thought. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you, you're not my enemy, though. You're not I my love you. enemy. Love you. Okay, that, so that was amazing. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Loved the advice. It encourages you to call. I hope you love Jordan. You want to follow him everywhere. I really loved our discussion. It was so sweet to talk to a friend when I'm like 
stressed and insulated like when i get really not in a good place in my head and heart um i isolate insulate i said but i'm not (laughs) i'm not insulation i isolate and i don't go anywhere and i can't talk to anyone and i i mean i'm sure a lot of you are dealing with different effects of like how everything in the world has been making you act and I isolate so it's just like such a joy to be able to because when I told people Jordan was doing it Jordan Carlos I was like they're like he's an enemy wait he's so nice he's so this and I go I know but I think he's gonna give great advice he's also someone I love talking to and I think the through line with all the people that I really love on this show is like honesty vulnerability openness and so I'm really happy about that he made me laugh and feel good and I hope this episode of the podcast made you feel good I just feel really special that you guys are choosing to listen so thank you so much we'll see you here next week with another delicious episode of enemies and i'm sorry i said delicious that disgusted me too don't worry all right thank you so much bye enemies is a headgum podcast trish hadley is our executive producer engineer and editor Katie Moose is our supervising producer from HeadGum. Me, Lisa Traeger, I am also a producer. Hello. Thank you so much, Carly Jean Andrews, for the cover art. You're incredible. Jack Krause, thank you for the theme music. I love it. Please follow me on Instagram at either at GlitterCheese or at Enemies Podcast. Tell us about your own enemies by emailing enemiesthepodcast at gmail.com or calling 323-677-1943. That was a HeadGum Podcast.